0: And welcome to a Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims, and we've had uh, the good fortune to talk to some all time Admirals greats on these podcasts. And uh, today is certainly no exception as we're joined by a former Admirals star, uh, still playing in the American Hockey League, Cal O'Reilly. Cal, great to see you. Great to talk to you. How are things going?
1: Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me on. Things are going uh, pretty good. Just uh, me, my wife, and son are down in, in uh, Nashville we spend our summers now and just. Uh, you know the weather's been nice here so we've been able to get outside a bit and around the lake and and do some things like that so we're not just stuck in our house uh during during these times right now
0: has it felt like summer the way yeah. this has gone
1: yeah for sure like since uh since we got back the weather here has been nice and i'm basically waking up and do your workouts and stuff at home and then it's just time with the sun and it has felt like summer for sure but it's
0: so it's so different though right like it's uh there's no ice. There's no, like right now, I don't, you're probably not on the ice now if the season was over, but there's no ice. It's, it's, it's not like summer in that regard.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it almost feels, it almost felt like, it feels like um, early summer, like more like, uh, you know, May and June when you're just done, you kind of travel home, you're kind of getting settled, you take some time off. Then, then, you know, mid, uh, you know, July and August, when you're starting to get back on the ice and, and do all those things. So is that what
2: is that what your typical timeline would be in the off season? You don't skate for a couple of months, uh, and then you pick it up again in July or so. Do you start working? I assume you start working out after a couple of weeks, maybe yeah,
1: a like month. Depending on uh, how far we go, I've gone in in previous seasons, but I normally, I normally, and as I've gotten older, I've taken less time off. But uh, when I was younger, I'd almost take a month off, and then as I've gotten older, i would take you know a week or two. And then start working out, and then usually in July is when I'll start get back on the ice, you know, three three times a week, and that's sometimes four times a week. That's just more uh, skills and, and skating stuff, and and then August is when you ramp I ramp it up, skating five six times a week, you know, harder skates, more like more like practice, and and with a bunch of guys, drills, you know, all, all those kind of things to get ready for training camp.
0: I don't want to belabor belabor this whole thing, and we'll get to some other stuff soon. But uh, Dove Gremmett Morris, your former teammate here in Milwaukee, he kind of said the same thing. What you said: as you get older, you take less time. He said, "If Dove said, if I take two weeks off, I'm going to be in the ECHL. That's just the way it is. There's no there's no time to take time if yeah. you want to stay
2: stick you, around. You know what's? I'll tell you a funny. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Question is for you, Cal, but I'm going to butt in here with a funny story about Dove. Uh, I'm at the gym one uh, one summer and I get on a treadmill because I, I like to run. And this guy next to me, he's got it cranked up to 12.5 miles an hour. He's running for 30 seconds. Then he gets off for 15 seconds. And I, I'm thinking to myself, this guy is going to hurt himself. Like nobody should be doing this. And then I give a closer look and it's Dover and he's doing yeah. his off-season conditioning. And I, I chuckled to myself like, okay, well, I guess he could probably handle this. He knows what he's doing a little bit. Yeah. But uh, any other random guy out there trying to do that, it's going to end up with a, a concussion and some uh, stitches. I'm going to get a bro.
0: shot straight back, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: well,
0: let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, when you came to Milwaukee. Um, you were drafted late, right?
1: Yeah, f- uh, fifth round.
0: So, but I'm talking like you were, you were drafted at, or you started, you turned pro early maybe is, is, is what I'm saying. It was, oh, usually you get two, two years in between. You're drafted in 04, you joined the team in 06. For you, you were drafted in 05, right?
1: Yes, because I was a late birthday. So I was, I was the 05 draft. Um, and then I played one more year junior and then signed pro as a 19. I was turning 20. Okay. I turned 20 that September. Um, and then, yeah, I signed with Nashville and then was in Milwaukee for that year.
0: And you come in right in the the, the playoffs and that yeah. team goes, goes right to the, right to the final. And I mean, that, that's a, that's a heck of an intro.
1: That was crazy. Cause like I was only 18 then. Cause we just got put out in Windsor OHL. And then I got the call. They're going to go in there and I wasn't sure it was going to play or what, but I got in some games and it was a huge, huge to be a part of that. So young and kind of see, see what it's like at the, at the playoff level in the American hockey league. And, and, uh, you know the, the coach there, Claude Noel. I still, still, he I think it was a huge part in in me, my development. Uh, so young, helping me so young to kind of make the jump to the pro right away, and and then getting some games in playoffs and during the season was so big. so big for me.
0: It's funny you say that because I was going to talk to you about playing for Claude. Uh, your first full season was with him, but you joined in the, in the playoffs, like we said. And um, I remember back then asking Claude uh about you when you came in and and he said he is the second coming of tony herkus in my mind he said yeah. which is high praise and and at the time like you said you're 18 years old here you come in and, and tony herkus is a legend in, in milwaukee his number is retired and all of that stuff but i i'm curious um when you when you come in and and all of that i mean was was it big was it um was it, were you awestruck? Were you, I mean, what was it like? Because now you're, you're playing professional against men and making it to the championship.
1: Yeah, I think the coming in the year before, like for the playoffs and those really helped me the next, the next full year. I knew what to expect. I knew, I knew Claude, I knew the guys. So I wasn't as nervous, per se, coming in. I knew, I knew a little bit what I had to do to perform. And then a lot of it was opportunity they gave me the next year and with Claude, you know, he never tried to change me and to turn me into a grinder or something somebody I wasn't. He saw my skill and smarts and put me in those positions. And then he helped me say, okay, but there's things in your game you gotta develop to get better to, to play at the NHL level, to play here more minutes, to be a key guy. And he started I was starting to kill I think my rookie year, I was killing penalties all of a sudden. I was taking key faceoffs, I was playing twenty minutes a night, sometimes more. Like he gave me so much key um minutes, but because he developed me and then he started to trust me more. And even though I was young, he he really gave me a lot of responsibility in my first year, which is, which is rare, you know? So what were those things that you had to improve? Like everyone,
2: everyone sees your hands and your smarts, like you say, but what, what areas did you need to
1: improve coming in, especially that first full year? Uh, Definitely, uh, you know, playing away from the puck, you know, positionally, um, defensively, you know, playing both ends, playing, playing all over the ice, you know, he, and he gave me, you know, uh, turnovers. He, you know, I'm a skilled player. I want to make plays. I want to have the puck. And he didn't take that away from me, but he knew there's a time and a place and he he let me still, I'm still going to turn it over sometimes um, because I'd have the puck more, but also there's certain times you can't do that. And that was the kind of the fine line I had to kind of figure out. I mean, like, it's funny. I remember, I remember the exhibition game. Uh, we were playing at one of the small rinks in Milwaukee. Um, one of the first exhibition games. I don't I don't remember what rink we were playing at in Milwaukee, though, but we were playing in Chicago, I think, at like mm-hmm. a small rink. Yep. He was up in the crowd, and after the first period, I had a couple bad turnovers, and he came right down to the dressing room and <laughs> said, now, how are those turnovers making that within the first period? And I was like, oh, not that good. I, I don't remember what I said, but then, you know, I, I knew right away, like, oh, you know, I better not do that again. Right. It's funny. That always stuck in my head.
0: (laughs) Do you remember? Go ahead, Charlie.
1: I was just going to say, how intimidating is that
2: after the first period of your first really? I mean, you had played some games the year before, like you said, so you got some experience, but your first full year, first period of an exhibition game, the coach is coming down and he's like, he's noticing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I didn't really think anything of it at the time. Like, no one scored, but he just, I think he was just trying to get it in my head early. Like, you know you you're gonna get a leash but you also got to earn that leash and uh, because that was my first year I was I was really still unknown kind of um, to get that freedom to be one of those guys to you know to, to sometimes turn it over a little more than other guys they don't have as much of a leash to make those skill plays
0: can you go a, we're talking about a career it's crazy we're talking a career that's almost next season will be 15 years as a professional athlete yeah isn't that amazing to you it's flown by it's crazy <laughs> Can you remember line mates? Could, do you have a pretty good grasp on everybody you ever skated with?
1: Yeah, for the most part. Uh, yeah, like I, I can think back to certain guys that stuck in my head. And for sure. Do you, Some of these
0: guys, your first year, who were who you skating with in 06, 07? Because that was kind of a, a transition year. There was yeah. Ramsey Abed came in and it was just one year. Pat Leahy was one year. I mean, there was a lot of guys. Sheldon Brookbank, was he's a defenseman, but he was gone after that year. There was a lot yeah. of... A lot of movement after that season for the
1: Admirals. Yeah, well, that year, that year, uh, uh, me and Ramsey played a lot together. I know that, and we had Radja at the start of the year, so it was me, him, yeah, and right, Rad to start the year, and that, that was great because Rad just came down for what ten games and had twenty points, and then he was gone. But, um, Abed Leahy played a lot with him. Him, and, I think, me, Ramsey, and Leahy played a lot together, if if I can remember, remember right that year, and they're just
0: talking. I was just talking with Claude here the other day and we were talking about Radulov and you're right. He had 17 points in 11 games. There was a game in Grand Rapids. Remember the school day game in Grand Rapids? He had six points and yeah. there was the fight at the end and it was, it and was all a, the, all the was, kids left.
2: Yeah. There was nobody left in
0: the building. Cause all the, yeah, it was a because school they had, to, they the, had, they had,
2: had the buses had to go and this, the, the, because of the fights <laughs> and <laughs> the goals. And that, that, so there's no fans. But yeah. what was it? What was what was it
0: like to play with Radulov? Because obviously, I mean, you CHL, you know all about him. Uh, I'm sure from the Quebec League, and you know him from mini camps or whatever's going on. And now you're now you're skating with him. I mean, he was here's a young guy, first year as a pro. Yourself, your first year as a pro. What's what was it like to have him there?
1: Well, he was like you could tell right away he was he should be in the NHL. Like he was just. He was just big so big and skilled and right away you could tell it you know I think playing with him early too really helped me because I was starting to get put up some numbers right away and get some confidence at American Hockey League so holy shit holy crap like I'm starting to get points right away because I was playing with him (laughs) you know like he was uh, not that I wasn't you know playing well myself but playing with a player that caliber really can boost your confidence right away and he, he he was, he was just all over the ice and competed hard. You know, he was hilarious to play with. I remember doing an interview with him in Omaha
0: early in the season. And after about 45 seconds, that was about all the attention he had. He was, <laughs> he was elsewhere. He was, he was yelling at Viktor Uchavatov about, I mean, while my microphone is still rolling, right? He's, he's yelling at guys and I'm trying to finish this thing up. I mean, he, Hockey's might be the perfect sport. You go go hard for forty five seconds, and then you can turn your t- attention elsewhere.
1: Exactly, he's all over the place. It's energy, that guy. Uh, th-
2: there's a couple of goals. There's a there. You know, there's a lot of goals that stick out. In, I mean, we've been playing Admirals have been around for fifty years. There's a lot of goals that have been scored in that time, but s- there's a few that stand out, and y- probably a dozen or two dozen that really sort of stand out in my mind, at least. And you're involved in at least two of them. One of them is when we're wearing St. Patrick's jerseys, and you score an overtime
1: to beat Grand Rapids. Do you remember that game? And do you remember that goal? I scored two that game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we won two one, but I could be wrong. But um, we were playing Grand Rapids. Yeah, I told I totally remember that uh, that game. Um, it was overtime. Yeah, and I believe it was Brookie kind of picked turned it, uh, picked it off. Yep. And I was just kind of in the slot, and he passed it to me, and I just kind of hung the goal.
2: De-
1: yeah, goalie came out to challenge you, and you deked, and, like, yeah. And I went jumping into the glass, and I, yeah, I remember that because of the St. Paddy's Day jerseys, yeah. For
2: the jerseys, and Aaron gives a really good call. You know, he gives your full name, the yeah. Callahan Patrick O'Reilly yeah. uh, name uh, call, and it's the St. Patrick's jerseys. That's, just a, that's a goal to me that stands out. Uh, another one isn't your goal, which sort of, I mean, is maybe befitting you, right? It's a, it's Scott Ford's only, uh, power play goal.
1: Not a great career. career. Box, right?
2: Yeah. Coming out of the box yeah. and you, you said, and, and it's past another great ben Bishop. Yeah. Past, past Ben, ben Bishop. Bishop. And it's a good, another good call from Aaron.
1: It's, uh, uh, I believe so, I passed from our own zone. Like I yeah. just threw up and he, he came out of the box. I was. Yeah. Like a 40-foot sauce pass, basically, right? Yeah, I just launched it at him. Yeah, but yeah. That, those are
2: two goals that I think of in Admiral's you know, lore, so to speak, and you're involved in both of them. Do you remember most of the goals that you, that are, that you score and that you're involved in, or are they sort of run together for you?
1: They they're run together, you know. Uh, some, some do, um, if they're like uh, kind of a really nice goal, you know, maybe I would remember them. Um, but a lot of them are run together, you know, especially, especially way back then now, 13, 15 four, years, years ago. Right. Yep. The re- only one other one that sticks out in my mind is, uh, I think it was my second year. I was playing with Josh Langfeld. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I that, yeah. Yeah. I scored when I kind of, uh,
2: between the legs.
1: Yeah. I deked the guy and then passed it between my legs to him. And then we went on two on one. He passed it back to me and I, I roofed it. That's the other yeah. one that sticks out in my mind. Uh, for Milwaukee days.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure. That, that was a
1: great goal. That was a fantastic goal. Yeah. I think that was – When you – Omaha you, or something, wasn't
2: it? It was when against – yeah, Omaha, absolutely. Well, I don't yeah, – I, I, Quad I, City, geez. maybe. One Family? of the two. Yeah,
0: I, you, the Flames have had so many affiliates since we've yeah. started this. I don't know which, where they were at at the time. Yeah. Um, when you – back then, your first full season, 06, 07, it's closed last year, but Lane Lambert comes in and uh, as the assistant coach and then he becomes the head coach for the next four seasons. And you had him for, for quite some time. Your thoughts about playing with, uh, with and for Lane Lambert.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lane was great for me as well. Um, I think he was very similar to Claude in a way with me after working with Claude. And I think he saw, you know, with Claude, what things that Claude did with me and um, obviously his own coach and had his own things, but he, I know early he, um, cause we had some conversations. He, he thinks he tried to change me a little bit to something I wasn't maybe when he first came in and we had some talks about it. And, and Lane was like, you know, I think I was trying to change you a little bit too much. And then he let me kind of go. And it was the same stuff, you know, Lane, Lane was very similar. He was on me about uh, defense, you know, turnovers, moving my feet, not trying to slow it down all the time, you know, same things Claude was. And, and Lane played the, you know, the heck out of me, a lot, a lot of minutes and counted on me. And uh, I can't say like, I mean, Lane, I, every time I see him, I've seen him a couple times and uh, he's been coaching the NHL and I always talk to him and I have a lot of respect for him and I hope, I hope he gets a chance at NHL job, head coaching job at some point for him. You know, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, you want to
2: talk about feeling uh, a little bit nervous, get Lane yelling at you.
1: Yeah, and that, yeah.
2: like the most intense guy we, Aaron and I talk about this a lot. Like probably the most
1: intense guy that we've we've ever met in our lives. Yeah, he he, he would get behind that bench sometimes. He would get <laughs> very heated. But, did you but. did
2: you ever chuckle? Do you ever chuckle as a player? You know he's behind you. He can't see your face, and you hear him give a good zinger to the ref or something. Does it? Does that make
1: you chuckle? Oh yeah, all, all the time, coaches. So that I've had when they when they lose it inside, you're kind of laughing. Do the referees talk to you then,
2: like on the ice? Like, geez, I mean, Lane uh, really must have uh, – he, he's pretty pissed off today. What's going on That's, with him?
1: Some do, especially as, I, as I've been around more. You know, the refs know you more. They talk to you. Know, they'll crack jokes about it or, or say, geez, he's really mad at me, isn't he? Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that that – uh, the next season, that 08-09 season was, uh, was a pretty special one. Um, a lot of good players: Ryan Jones, Jed Ortmeyer, yourself. I mean, there were so many
1: Patrick good players. Quist. Patrick Cornquist. Houston in Game Seven. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, we should have won it. I, I, we should. I, I always thought back that year because we should have, we could have won it all that year. You know. I know
0: Lane. I know Lane has said to Mike Wojciechowski a couple of that uh, we left a couple on the table, and he, yes. he meant oh uh, nine and eleven, and I, yes. um But oh nine specifically, what we're talking about that was. You, know, you had Drew McIntyre and Mark Dekanich and Goal, and I mean it was just it, it stacked everywhere.
1: Yeah, we had a really good team. Mike Santorelli, um, geez, we had a good team. Was Kelsey still there? Wilson still there? Kelsey, yeah, yeah, Willie, Willie was, was there. there yeah, yep. well, uh, yeah, Ortmeyer, Hornquist. Yeah, me and Hornquist, Horny played a lot together that year. Did, did uh,
2: is that the series we, we played? We lost to Houston in Game Seven. Two, two out of three years in the second round was '09 the year that we won six zip. Or so in the in Game Six. I, it's one of the two years. It must,
0: it must have been because the 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 2011 yeah, other, was Kelsey scored in overtime in Game Six. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, force the Game Seven. Right. And
1: that was in Houston, right? That that was uh, no. They were both in the Bradley in Milwaukee. Center. Yeah, in yeah, Milwaukee. Both in the Bradley Center. We lost Game Seven in 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 Houston or Milwaukee then on that that year. In,
2: in Milwaukee that
1: year we both lost both of them in
2: Milwaukee yeah yeah. Now, we didn't
1: have the, I, I remember that game cuz we didn't really play our best and i remember that's the year that they had uh, Curtis came back and played for them. played for them yeah that's yeah I mean, it would have been what 43 44 then something, something like that
2: yeah something like that yeah
1: and it, good yeah
2: and then Chris Kalanos, he he killed us he yeah uh, yeah I, I, I don't know how many goals he had that series but it felt like 50
1: he got up one, man, though. what's that what's that I thought we were up three-two on them in the series, and we didn't finish it game six.
2: No, we were we were down three-to-two because oh, we funny. we won game six. Uh, that's the yeah. Yeah,
0: because re- the reason I remember that is because I remember having a conversation with Brad Lauer about in in Houston, at uh at whatever practice rink that it was probably out at, that that NASA practice rink or whatever the space whatever it was called. Yeah. I'm uh, talking, talking very uh, exactly about about that boy, that team, man. Uh, you and the and uh, Hugh Essman on that team, and yeah, you mean, yeah, so many
1: Hornquist where we played play together most of the year. Is so that right? You had, you had
0: Hugh Essman, who's this huge player, uh, who really at this level was was a special talent, and Hornquist, we all know, yeah. has gone on to have just an unbelievable career. Do, I, everybody talks about him being the pest. Do you remember him? Maybe he was his More skill better. was above everybody. Do you remember him being the pest on the ice here? Oh, yeah.
1: He's always been a pesky player, you know, always. That's how he scores his goals, you know, just around the net. He just works so hard and bangs and whacks and pisses guys off, you know. He's I so just –
0: yeah, I. you know, I, I. you see it obviously in the NHL, and I was trying to think. And, yes, of course he went to the net, but I just – I didn't remember him being – I guess you have to have a nasty streak to get there to, yeah. when you when you when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. I guess you
1: have to have that nasty streak. To, but, but that
0: was uh, as we said, that was quite a team.
1: Yeah, it sure was. I one of those years you were, you know you look back and you're cheese, We could have won it that year. So that I year was that. Oh, I was, go I was ahead, real quick.
0: Aaron. I think it was that year. we Was talking about Hugh jessamine I think he that was the year he joined the Admirals ten games into the season or something like that. Twelve games into the season, and I I remember you being on the ice with him. And you told him just put your st- keep your stick on the ice, something like that, right? Do you remember that?
1: Maybe joking around, yeah, or something. I don't know. <laughs> but you were
0: going to find him. You were going to find him, and he had twenty goals and real quick in that team.
1: I think I probably told him, this, I don't like to shoot," so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I'll try and get back to you.
0: Well, what the hell changed then? You don't like to shoot here because you beat the hell out of the Admirals the last yeah. couple of seasons in Iowa. So yeah. what's going on with that?
1: Yeah, yeah the playoffs last year and. I was you didn't bad. have to shoot there, you didn't have no. to shoot there yeah, that was funny uh I was I always joking and and Lindy playing Lindy, I think I scored like four or five on him that year in the regular season <laughs> or three or four or something like that on, on him yeah.
2: that uh, that nine season
1: obviously was pretty special for you
2: uh for the admirals, but it was also special because that's when you made your n h l debut yeah. uh, what do you remember from like, how, how did you get the go? Just take us through those details. Who told you, uh, where was your first, where did you have to go? Um, was it
1: in Nashville? And then who was your first NHL game against? Yeah. I don't remember the details of who told me, Elaine, Elaine would have called me um, and said, you're going up and whatever. And I, I believe I was just in Milwaukee because I flew from Milwaukee right to Nashville. We played Detroit and it was actually, you know, I was playing Detroit, and that's when they were unbelievable. I was like, oh, boy, Detroit first game. But <laughs> right, yeah, we smoked them. It was like we won- ate-, ate something, I think. Really? Yeah, did- it was one of those games. And, and I think my second shift, I dropped it to Shea Weber. He ripped it, and then someone got the rebound. I got an assist in my second shift. <laughs> wow. Who, do you remember who you played with? Um, oh, who did I play with? I can't remember who I played with that, that year. Or I mean that, 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 that particular uh, game. Yeah. Jeez. I'm...
0: Back then that was the time where Barry trots would call up. Then this wasn't unique to Barry Trotz, but they would call up a skilled player to play with the checking line. Right. You'd yeah, play... well, that's,
1: that's what I would have played. I would have played like, so I was trying to think like, would Darcy Hordichuk have been there or somebody like that? Right. Yeah, it might have been him. I, he might've been gone that year. Uh, Might have been like Jared Smith Smithson. Yeah, Smithers
2: played here a couple of years. Yeah, yep, yeah sure. it Might
1: have been him and uh, Toots, maybe. That could very well be. Yeah, it was someone, someone like that. Might have been uh, Ryan Jones. Too. That could have been too. Yeah, that could have been too.
2: J- J- that that year, Jonesy played four games in four nights. He yep. played played a three and three with Milwaukee, and then Nashville had a. I don't know if it was a Monday game or, or what, but he got called up and had to go play a fourth game in four nights. I can't imagine
1: what that was, what that would yeah. do to your body. That's nuts. <laughs> well, it happens sometimes. I've heard other guys having that same situation.
0: I'm curious with your career. Do you ever, do you ever do the what if thing with the leg injury? Do you ever, do you ever do that at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had conversations with people because a lot of people ask me about it and and I've had conversations with my dad that I, you know, I've I disappointed myself that I, for one, didn't come back from that injury well enough to keep myself in the NHL and, and give myself another shot to, to you know, be a be a full-time NHLer. Because after that's basically when I kind of went downhill for the NHL. And you know, I, I don't, uh, I, you know, it's just such a short, short window, right? And it's so hard to you get. It's hard to get there, and it's harder to stay there and when yep. you get hurt like that and you don't come back fully ready in my position I wasn't approved an NHL player right you know it's just and, it's and hard to do and, that and also just like we talked about like you weren't a guy coming back
2: that you know demanded the minutes right you mm-hmm. had to earn them all so you're going to have come back and have to play in a checking role and play 8 8 minutes a game if that maybe yeah and not really show what your skill set is
1: exactly and and that's that's just the way it was in b but you know i was fortunate that they did sign me back um for the next year and i just had a i just took me about a year probably to to get to get back to myself with after the the ankle and leg injury and and then you know i I I've still had some other opportunities but it was it was again it was more like you said playing that checking role getting a little bit of power play time here and there but uh and I, I always struggled with, with that. Maybe, maybe I, I wasn't – I look back now and say, you know, maybe I should have put more into being that grinding role a little bit to prove myself to stay longer and then show more of a, a skill thing, you know. And I had a tough time doing that or making that adjustment. I was always, oh, I'm a skilled player. I'll, I'll make plays, you know, and, and that – I think that hurt me too. Sure. it's such
0: a tough thing though right like you try to build up equity with a certain staff or a certain organization and and then it gets taken away because of something that I have, a fluke thing on the ice uh, let's say um and then you don't have that equity when you go somewhere else and the politics of the game phoenix pittsburgh wherever it may be they've already got somebody in mind so now you have to beat them so like you said it it is one thing to stay there but it's another thing to you want fresh set of eyes to look at you and try somewhere else new, but you're, you're really starting from the
1: bottom. You lose your seniority, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it's just such a, such a hard thing. And uh, you know, could I have done it for sure? You know, I think I was close and had some good opportunities, but I, I didn't sustain it. And at that level, that's what happens, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, I think one of the most unique things uh, about you and your story is your family story. Like yep. your. Your, your dad is an Olympic volleyball coach, and your family, I mean, obviously we all know about your brother, but then when you were a kid, your family fostered uh, yep. kids, right? Can you just talk a little bit about that and growing up and, wh- and, and how that sort of came about and of what it was yep. like
1: for you? Yeah, both my parents uh, were uh, social work degrees from, from college, uh, university in Canada, and um, I was about, ooh, I can't remember what age I would have been. 12 13 maybe and they wanted to get into foster care so basically most of my childhood from then on we had four kids live with us and we lived up uh, about three hours west of Toronto like we had a few acres big house um, and my parents would always take kids in that had tough upbringings and you know parents that they didn't get a lot of love and needed to get out and needed help and my parents just wanted to help kids so we had four kids and they had, they had, we had those four and uh, they would kind of sleep in the basement. And then we had our main four and we would be upstairs in the house. And um, yeah, we, I mean, I can't, I can't remember how many kids we had come through, but a lot.
2: Do you, no. do you, or do your parents are is still, are they in contact with some of these kids still? I imagine so.
1: Yeah. A lot, a lot of them, they are, especially after uh, me and my brother started to play hockey and. They'd see us, they follow us, and they reach out to my parents, and some thank them, and some don't. Some, they don't know what's happened to them, but a lot of them still reach out to my parents and, and talk to them and thank them, and so it was a pretty special thing my parents did, and me and my brother loved it, and my sisters, because we had more people to play hockey with. I was just going to say, because, <laughs> hey, get out here. It's time to go play hockey, right? Yeah. Well, and they loved it, and, and, they, and they were usually closer to my age. Some were older, some were younger, but um, so it was great for hockey and, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious, um, when you think about back at your time in Milwaukee, what, uh, what stands out? I'm sure there are many things that stand out, but what, what, what can you put your words into?
1: Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. I, I always tell people it's one of my favorite, uh, cities to play in. Um, uh, you know, the people, the fans, the city, living in the city, y'all, everybody lives downtown. They got major, it's a major league city with sports and um great place to live um I but I would say you know like um the way you, that you guys run it there with you know Harris um and Peter Epperson I was close with him there like just great people running the team and they ran it so well and always brought good people in good coaches in like I always say we had close teams there as well like uh Nashville always drafted good 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 people and I don't think there's a year that we didn't make playoffs, you know, they always have good teams and it's tough to say one thing. Cause I, I enjoyed it so much and it, it was so great, great for me, for me playing there. I look back your rookie year, that 06, 07 team.
0: And I always have put, I, I always, Charlie, it's funny cause Charlie and I were talking about trios. We think of, of lines or we think of whatever. And I always have you and Kelsey Wilson and John Vigilante all bunched up as, yeah. as as three because you were all rookies that same year. You're all from the OHL, yep, uh, and you all made your debuts and you all had a, a major impact in that 06, 07 season season. Yeah. To me, that's that's the trio. I don't know if you ever look at it that way, but that's that's always uh, how I've looked at things like that. Sure, we
1: us three did. I lived with Kelsey that year, and Vidge, he lived uh, just down down a few apartments, and um, yeah, we. <laughs> It was us three young and, you know, you're so young then it's, it's crazy now 50, yeah, I, years later, you know, you're, you're not, you're so, you're, you feel you're so much older, but you, you don't feel like you really are, you know, and, you still feel right. like you're that kid coming up.
0: Do you gravitate when things, when you're put into a situation like that? And like you said, you lived with Kelsey and, and John was nearby that you kind of gravitate that way, right? You guys, new guys always try to find people who are closest to their situations.
1: Exactly. Every year, every team I've been on, it's usually those, especially those kids that come from junior together, they kind of hang out more together, live together. And, you know, that's just, that's just the way it goes. And and they feel more comfortable with those people.
0: We of course, uh, unfortunately lost John uh, and and not long ago. Um, Can you put into words uh, the the type of of, of person he was when you knew him back here and, and what kind of player he was and all of that?
1: yeah i mean i so uh, he was he was so funny Uh Ridge was just a joker and he always kind of a goofy guy that made made me laugh and um that's what I remember about him, he was Just was a fun guy and he was like we played i played against him a lot in junior, so I knew him really well from plymouth i was windsor we played a lot against each other and uh, obviously very smart skilled kind of can do anything type of player and when we both signed, I, you know, I, I knew I'd, I'd probably hit it off with him right away. When when we would go to Milwaukee together, you know, I, just, you know terrible thing. I, I Vidge was the uh,
2: Admirals' man of the year one one year, and he was just he was willing to do everything. And I do I remember distinctly one time that our Harris had uh, had scheduled a, a player appearance at a school, but forgot to tell me. And it's the morning of the player appearance and it happens to be the night after the rookie party as well. And so like, I'm like, Oh my God, like who am I possibly going to get? Right. And, uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm like, I can, he's telling me this and I can literally feel myself start sweating because I'm nervous. Like I got to find somebody. And the first guy I go to was Vidge, and like I got a reply within two seconds, like, yeah, no problem. I'll do it. And he got up there and he did it. And I don't even remember what it was the assembly was about, but that's just the type of guy he was like, I, there could have been plenty other guys that would have just like, Oh, sorry. I didn't see your message until four hours later or whatever. Uh, but not Vidge. He was always, you know, he, he, he wanted to give back and he cared about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like after he was done playing, he was coaching, uh, coaching hockey and, and uh, teaching hockey and the skills and he was coaching uh, kids teams. And right. And I'm, I'm sure he, was he, really- had a,
0: he, he had a, he had a lot of young women that uh, that played for him that ended up signing D1 deals across yeah. America. I mean, he was, yeah. he was pretty successful. Yeah, he was. He, uh,
2: sorry. I'm not going to hear that. But... You get
0: some anger at home. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I, another guy Cal that you came up with, you talk about Willie, you talk about Vidge, a guy who you would have come up with as basically the same age and he's still playing right now as Pekka Rinne. what What, yeah. uh, what do you remember from playing with Pekka? Obviously that first year in 06, 07, he was gone for a lot of it, but what do you remember from playing w- with Pekka both on and off the ice?
1: Um, I mean, obviously just how good he was just so big and quick and just on, on, unbelievable goalie. But then even, for, you know, you say most, most goalies are kind of weird and different from, for what I, when playing with Pekka, I always thought he was pretty normal of a guy off the ice, you know? Right. But down to earth. Super nice guy. But pretty normal. Usually goalies everybody else says they're always a little different. I always said Pekka was was more of a wasn't wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Just a nice humble guy. And he still is like I still talk to him a little bit every now and here and there. And sure. A guy. Do you have just- you, had,
0: you who I was gonna say who who are were there goalies in Milwaukee that were not normal guys
1: um i would say you no know, just goalies they just have their their routines and they're you know right. this and that they're just different like all, all of them have their things yeah but i would say Pekka didn't have as many or he was just I, I would just that's something i noticed about him you know i, I would sure. i couldn't say who any crazy um I'm trying to think goalies that i had there would have been De- dex would have been there and drew yeah, I mean, would have yeah. been there they were Carl Garing getting... would have been there your first year. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, Carl. yeah
0: Scott Reed for a little bit. Yeah. yeah
1: Peter. Yeah. Max Daniel. Yeah.
2: And uh, Mike McKenna, you uh, uh, you probably you played with him later in your career, right? Did you play with Mike?
1: No, I never played with Mike.
2: Okay, so you but you played with on similar teams. Uh, he came, I don't know if you remember this, stopped, uh, one out of four shots, got pulled and, and, uh, never saw the ice again. It was, but we ended up winning the game. We, it was against Grand Rapids. We ended up winning eight to five after we were down three. You would have been in the
1: game. Yeah. You you would have played that game for sure. He can't, he can't, he he just would have came up and got pulled. He was like,
0: he was like 34 and six in Vegas or something ridiculous. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. And, Obviously, he went on to have a pretty good
1: career himself. Yeah, a really good career. Yeah, I played against him a lot since since then. Sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Who who are there guys you keep in touch with still from Milwaukee? Obviously, you run into guys. Hockey is a very small insular world. But
1: are there still guys you keep in touch with uh, from your time playing in Milwaukee? Yeah, a little bit here and there. It's like you said. It's more just running into guys in the hockey world. Hey, you know, you catch up like like you haven't. Missed a beat, but, uh, you know, I still talk to Yonks every now and then. Um, and he's uh, – one of his good buddies was our assistant coach in Iowa my two years there, Brett McLean. Yeah, he sure. Would come to the games in Milwaukee when we played you guys and stuff and if he was back from playing. But uh, definitely him. I've, I've talked to Peverly a couple times over the years. Um, who else? Uh, like Hornquist, obviously, and just more just playing with playing with guys. Or against guys, you know, that I played with in my time in Milwaukee is, is mostly when I when I talk to those guys.
0: Is it easy to? Um, sw- I don't want to say switch it off because that's not re- really the word. But um, when you when you start out as a pro, you are so insulated by the locker room. You're in a new city. You don't know where to go. So on and so on. Was it easy for you to branch out and make friends? I look at like a, a Scott Ford and Nolan Yank when they were out and about you know the mayor and the sheriff uh, yeah. is what they were called you had uh, relationships outside of hockey when you were in milwaukee
1: right yeah oh for sure yeah i think uh, well i mean is it I a hard
0: thing to well,
1: do i should have said fordo is someone i still talk to a lot because he's always in nashville here in the summers and stuff and we golf sure. but uh yeah you know like i i through uh, peter epperson when i played there I obviously you guys know i i hang out with him and his kids a lot and i go to their, his son's practices and, and the, his daughter's practices. And I met, met some people through, through him actually, you know, and he yeah. was, was well connected and, and helped me. And, um, but definitely in the cities, I, I, I say more as I got older, I, I met people away from the game a little bit more. you know, sure. That makes sense. I, I
2: think I, I, I'm pretty sure you told me this and maybe I'm, I'm making this up in my head, but, when you there was a time, and when you're playing in Milwaukee, where you're walking down the street talking on your phone right down Wisconsin Avenue, and a guy comes up and steals your phone from you, is that right? Yeah,
1: it was St. Patty's Day, so I may have had a couple beers, but I was on the phone <laughs> walking uh, walking down the street, and a bunch of kids came up and I ran from just behind me and grabbed it and ran. So I ran after them. And it was a bunch of kids. And as he turned the corner, uh, some other kids came from another angle and basically pushed me over a parked car. I went flying over the hood. And uh, so I was mad and and everything, but I didn't get hurt or anything. But I I did, we did, I believe, call, or maybe we saw a police officer and we reported it. And I guess these kids were doing that a lot um, that day. Sure. And they had video of the kids at a, um, a restaurant or something on oh, all from a security camera, huh? Yeah, and that they said that was probably my phone that they had. I never got it back or anything. Oh, I
2: was <laughs> just gonna ask you, did you ever get it back?
1: <laughs> yeah, I believe they did catch the kids or the kid or whatever, and they asked me if I want to press charges. But at that point, I said no. You know, I'm done with it. But well, it's just a phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. A rough time. Yeah. A rough time. Charlie, have you got anything
2: else? Well, I, I just a, a couple of things that you, you know, you, you, right now you, you've played at a lot of places and you've worn the C you've been the captain at a bunch of places. Yep. Um, when did you sort of, were you, were you a leader in, did you consider yourself a leader in juniors and how has your sort of your leadership role evolved over the years?
1: Yeah, I think definitely in junior, um, I, you know, even when I was younger, I, Kind of always had that on teams. I I was would be a captain, and when I even I was a younger, kid playing, I'd, I'd get picked. And um, I, I I as I've gotten older, I've definitely gotten more vocal. I would say in the locker room and and uh, but for me, I I always came back to just being a, a great teammate and and being personable and and building the relationships with my teammates and having good ones. And. Uh, if I had confidence in myself, sharing that confidence with my teammates and helping them get confidence so that we're a better team. And I I think that's that's kind of the way I always tried to lead. And especially if guys aren't are, are can, you can tell aren't playing well or are really down or don't have confidence talking to those guys and trying to pump them up. Or if the coach is all over them, tell them, you know, trying to help them get get out of that that sort of it sort of leads me to my next question obviously you're still
2: playing and you know you want to play as long as you can but do you want to coach when you're done or haven't you given even given thoughts to that
1: oh no definitely it's you know i'm getting older i've I've been thinking about and talk with my wife you know what i want to do when when i'm done and i hope i can still play for a a good little while here but i definitely think i want to stay in the game and get into coaching when i'm done that's that's probably what i would would do because i think uh love the game so much and I think I could, could bring a lot to coaching uh if, if I got into that for sure
0: real quick before we r- wrap up um I'm curious about your time in Russia yeah what that was like we uh, we always we've heard all these stories and and this may be before the KHL was a thing but th- the money would be brought in and just thrown on the floor and things like that that's that's how you would get paid and I'm just curious what your experience
1: was in Russia my experience, of my first year there was great actually. And after that, like I went over there by myself, I was single. So that was great. I didn't have to worry about, you know, family or wife or anything. And, um, the city I was in wasn't great, Magnitogorsk, um, but the, there was a big money team. So they treated us amazing and the rink was great. And I had Canadian coach at Paul Maurice oh, okay. and Tom Barassa. So that was even better, like going over there, um, and i love the hockey i, I really love the hockey it was it's it was i would say it's it's fast um but bigger ice and it's it's a lot like soccer it's a lot of puck possession um a little bit different style obviously and it it's, i think it's changing a little bit more north american now but when i went over it, it was like that and I, I really loved the hockey and um you know if if paul would have stayed longer i i don't know if i would have came back cuz Obviously the money over there is really good and the hockey it's just living is a little tougher, but certain cities aren't, you know. But uh it's definitely different, I'll say that. I, I remember we lost our first two games that year to start the year. And so over there it it is like it's it's worse than over here. There's the pressure to win win win. Oh life and death, yeah. Life and I death. Win the like it's hockey's first, you gotta win. So we came to the rink the one day and all uh there's the priests there and the altar boys in the holy water and we all stand up on the stalls and they dip it in the water and they spray each one of us and they say their russian prayer in, in russian language and they're blessing us but every third guy uh, would they, they would dip the whatever it was to spray the water would get a huge splash of water because it was like a fresh one and the guy would be covered and we were all dying <laughs> nothing <laughs> even the guys were dying laughing. It was hilarious. It was, one of, I'll never forget it. And then they went in and blessed the sticks and the change room and the weight room. And, can, and can, can you imagine was this being just a, like a, like a volunteer from town,
0: like the the, 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 they came in or did the, did the ownership go out and say we need to do something?
1: The general manager I think probably did it. Uh, <laughs> and then, yep. Do you think, can you
2: imagine being a priest and uh, getting the call and being like, Hey, you, we, we lost two in a row you need to come in right now and fix this
1: yeah and I mean, do you
2: think do you think the priest is thinking to himself yeah obviously i need to come in god's got to intervene or is he thinking well i don't know but i better do it or i might be you know might meet an untimely uh, fate
1: one of those things never forget is unbelievable and there's lots of stuff over there but it is different and I, I could go on about stories and stuff but uh they love hockey and it's great hockey over there i will say that how many North American guys were on the club when you were there? My first year, um, when we had Matt Zuccarello, he was there. Okay, sure. So I was really close with him um, and a Finnish goalie named Aria Honan. Well, your
0: first year your first year was the lockout for the first, yeah. what, three months of the
1: season or something, right? Yeah, so yeah, so we had uh, me, Zuccarello, Aria Honan, uh, a Canadian guy named Justin Hodgman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was there and uh, I believe we had a Czech guy. And then when the lockout happened, then um, Malkin came back, Gonchar and Kuhleman. So they came to our team. So, yeah, like we had a really, really good team. And then they left. um, And that year we lost in game seven in the first round, but uh, we, we had a really good team. And actually my brother came over and played a little bit um that year but i hurt, got hurt in my back i had have surgery so i left and came back here to have surgery and he went over and basically played for two months my brother with the same team oh did and you the, really I, and then i came back after my injury and then he basically left because the lockout was ending <laughs>
0: didn't even need to change a jersey nobody yep. had
1: to do anything with the jersey keep it yeah. keep it the same people asked me how you guys
2: played together in russia i so said we actually didn't <laughs> you were so <laughs> close because you probably had never played on the same team before had you no, never, never. How? What's the age difference between you and your brother? Oh, four and a half years. Four and a half years, huh? Yeah.
0: Did you get? Did did you? Not
1: even like an exhibition game in Buffalo or anything like that? Did you get it? We, we played together in Buffalo. Okay. Oh, you yeah, did. Okay. For, for two years, yeah, because I I played twenty uh, something games my first year with their organization, and I was up probably half the year. Okay. So we had that, and then the next year I played maybe twelve and was up for you know twenty five thirty games. So sure we got to experience that together. Okay. That must've been good. a, that must've been a thrill for your parents
2: too, especially being uh, in Buffalo, which is, I mean, they could, they could probably, could they drive to Buffalo? Yeah,
1: They were two and a half, three hours it was, uh, for a lot of our family. So it was really, really special really cool for them. They, we, uh,
2: I,
0: I, I want to wrap this thing up here. Uh, but uh, with, um, It has to do with your brother. I'm curious about the celebration when he wins the Stanley Cup last year with St. Louis, what that was like.
1: Yeah, that was – I mean, I'll never forget that uh, because, I mean, Stanley Cup and after the year – his year in Buffalo and then traded and they had such a bad start to the year. um, But uh, once – the final series, once uh, they had chances of winning it, he won our whole family there. So we all came in for game six. They lost and came back for game seven in Boston and were – and then uh, I just remember going down to the ice after to meet, meet them, all the fam friends and f- all the family can come on to the ice when they won the cup. And we gave each other about a minute hug and it was, you know, pretty, pretty amazing feeling that, uh, just very proud of him that he accomplished that and was the con Smythe Yeah. And then we did, uh, back where he grew up around Seaforth Goddard Ontario, three hours of to, uh, Toronto, we did the the cup celebration and it was, uh, it was great. Long day for him. We had two parades in the small towns and did autograph sessions and there was thousands of people who wanted, wanted to see him. So sure. That was long, but then we had a big party back at my parents' house. We catered foods. We had one of actually our favorite bands come play. Um, you- we both love, love this guy. He, he came in and played a free show for us. Who's uh, that? What's that? Who is it? Um, Dallas Green of City & okay. Co. Um, so me and my brother are loved, but he came and and for the, for the party and played a little set for everybody that came We got about 300 people, friends and family. And Was that at your, the at the same house where you grew up? Your parents still well, live there? My parents had moved close to there, but they moved to a different place. Okay. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Cal, we can't thank you enough for the time. We really did uh, continued success. Uh, hope everybody stays healthy. Congratulations on everything going on with the family. And I and, uh, look forward to seeing you back on the ice, hopefully sometime in the near
1: future. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great chatting with you and catching up. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys soon, I'm sure. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Cal. No problem. See you. Looking, looking forward to it.
0: That's Cal O'Reilly. Uh, Cal O'Reilly joining us this week. Uh, thanks for listening. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. This has been the Milwaukee Admirals Podcast.